The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. For a period of approximately four months between September and December of 2018, I experienced a consistent and sustained effort by many people within the government to seek to politically interfere in the exercise of prosecutorial discretion. I strongly maintain as I have from the beginning, that I and my staff always acted appropriately and professionally. I I am calling on Mr. Trudeau to do the right thing and to resign. These events involved 11 people, excluding myself and my political staff, from the Prime Minister's office, the Privy Council office, and the office of the Minister of Finance. I therefore completely disagree with the former Attorney General's characterization of events. You can no longer, and in good standing, with a clear conscience, lead this nation. I come from a long line of matriarchs, and I am a truth teller. Canadians will have a very clear choice in a few months' time about who they want to be Prime Minister of this country. Well, this time yesterday, Jody Wilson-Raybould, the former justice minister, had just started her testimony in front of the House of Commons Justice Committee. And um, at that time, 10 minutes in, we were picking our jaws up off the floor, Andrew. And uh, 24 hours later, I think it continues. It does. So the fallout, uh, what the extent of the fallout is going to be is yet to be seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's interesting, a call by Andrew Scheer to have the Prime Minister resign and step down. Not an uncommon request and not one likely to come to fruition since, of course, a majority Liberal government does mm-hmm. has the luxury of ignoring that request. Uh, but that is aside from the fact if uh, Andrew Scheer, who has requested a, an investigation uh, by the RCMP, mm-hmm. um, that would be aside from that. A sitting Prime Minister under investigation would be quite something, but that's not yet happened and may possibly never happen. But it has been jaw-dropping, and I know on the show today we're going to talk to an ethics professor at uh, 235 because there is a major difference between ethical behavior or unethical behavior and and Uh unlawful or criminal uh behavior. uh So we'll define that for you. But You have to look at uh, what obstruction is as well, and a lot of people have been uh, dialing into that a a little bit more, taking a closer look at that and whether or not that is what is at play here. Yeah, and it's uh, curious because... You know, we've often said this over the course of doing this show together and talking politics, that it isn't the base of any particular uh, party that elects um, or fails to elect a government. It's the undecided Uh voter. Um, And I was curious to see what the base, how the base would react. And in the 24 hours that have ensued since this all happened, uh, predictably, um, you're seeing on Facebook and I'm, I'm, you know, watching, I'm looking for staunch liberal supporters to see what they're saying. And the base seems to be saying, so there was nothing criminal? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here, which is, I guess, to be expected, right? That's your man. That's your party. Um, The questioning, I don't know if you went back. I went back and watched a lot of it last night. And a lot of the questioning from the Liberals was what you might have expected Mm -hmm. as well. Those members uh, from the Liberal Party asked Why didn't you resign? Why didn't you you blow the whistle sooner? Why didn't you... Suggesting that it was, in fact, the former Attorney General, Jody Wilson-Raybould, who had acted inappropriately Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. by not blowing the whistle sooner. uh, it's interesting, and it's just starting and to the, unfold. And the more you listen to it, the more I'm glad that she didn't resign, because 
you know, we're getting to this now. We're yeah. getting to this now. And, and um, you know, standing your ground. So having said that, who do you believe? What do you believe? We're going to break it all down here in the next hour or so. Do want to let you know that Gerald Butts, the uh, uh, Prime Minister's former Principal Secretary has just sent a, lit, a letter asking to appear before the uh, the uh, Justice Committee. He says he's going to need some time to put some stuff together and get some legal counsel. Uh, we'll see how that unfolds as well. So to catch you up, in case um, you just turned on the radio for the first time in the last 24 hours, <laughs> uh, you know, Jody Wilson-Raybould saying that she came under consistent and sustained pressure, including veiled threats from the Prime Minister's office, the Privy Council office, and the Finance Minister's office to halt a criminal prosecution of uh, that big engineering firm, SNC-Lavalin. Now, today, Bill Morneau, the uh, finance minister, saying no, did not happen. The prime minister is saying, oh, no, of course, we we talked about things, we had conversations. And uh, you can now see how their storyline is unfolding, Andrew, as they start mm-hmm. talking more and more about protecting jobs and standing up for... Um, you know, jobs in Quebec and across the country. So last night, uh, the Prime Minister, as you heard, he said he completely disagreed. And we've been hearing this a lot. We, of course, had discussions about the potential loss of 9,000 jobs in communities across the country, including the possible impact on pensions. My job as Prime Minister has always been to stand up for Canadians and Canadian workers. And that is the line that they're sticking to right now. So as we've heard, Andrew Scheer, the leader of the Conservatives, called on the Prime Minister, came out, called on the Prime Minister to resign, saying that Trudeau has uh, lost his moral compass. The testimony Canadians have just heard from the former Attorney General, Jody Wilson-Raybould, tells the story of a Prime Minister who has lost the moral authority to govern. A Prime Minister who allows his partisan political motivations to overrule his duty to uphold the rule of law. A Prime Minister who doesn't know where the Liberal Party ends and where the Government of Canada begins. And a Prime Minister who has allowed a systemic culture of corruption to take root in his office and those of his most senior cabinet and public service colleagues. So that's Andrew Scheer talking uh, last night. And again, uh, then uh, Jagmeet Jagmeet Singh, the NDP leader, uh, he has called for a national public inquiry into all of this. What we just heard today was explosive testimony. This was unprecedented. I believe Ms. Wilson-Raybould, if anyone heard her testimony, they would believe her as a credible witness who provided insightful, thoughtful, measured comments. The comments all point to the fact that the Prime Minister and his office were disregarding the law and willing to politically interfere in the prosecution of executives for a massive, powerful corporation. This all points to a government and a Liberal government and Mr. Trudeau, the Prime Minister, who are more interested in helping their powerful friends than they're helping everyday Canadians who are struggling with housing, the cost of medication, the cost of living. This is unprecedented testimony that 
bolsters our argument and our call for a public inquiry. At this point, Canadians demand some answers to the questions that they have, and the only way to get to the bottom of this is a public inquiry that would have independence to assess the truth. So NDP leader Jagmeet Singh talking last night as well. So we're just waiting to connect with uh, Abigail uh, Binman, the Ottawa correspondent for Global National, for her take on, uh, you know, what people are saying yeah. and the reaction uh, on Parliament Hill today. Well, you have to separate the, uh, what, the smoke from the sizzle, I mm-hmm. guess, right? So as to what whether you believe or don't believe the former former Attorney General, whether you believe or don't believe the current uh, Prime Minister of Canada, the question becomes, what's the impact of what's just happened and how will it impact the results of the next federal election? And, and you know, as I mentioned before, the base is so important. Your base is always critical to your re-election and how many people you can add to that base, at least temporarily during a federal election or any election. Mm-hmm. But I want you to consider for a for a second, the basis upon which uh, Justin Trudeau got elected in the first place. He was a feminist, Mm -hmm. and he was an advocate for Aboriginal Mm -hmm. rights. Those were two of his strongest Mm -hmm. uh, talking points. And he was going to do things differently in government. Exactly. So consider that for a second. And again, it's hard not to, you know, feel like I have an opinion on this. I'm not trying to talk anybody into anything. I just want you to think about this. Think about uh, the press conference in which somebody asked, why is half your cabinet uh, female? And he said, because it's 2019 or 2018, whatever it is. Um, When he talked about Aboriginal rights and the the need to protect Aboriginal rights and the need for... He said that that was their number one relationship. Number one, right. Um, But you have an Aboriginal female minister who is claiming to have been... um, usurped in her duties uh, as, as an attorney general who was not allowed to speak, who was shifted from a high-profile position to a lesser-profile position. Who has taken an oath to uphold the law. Right. It, it's, it just... I don't know how you fix this if you're the Prime Minister. And, 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 you know, not that it goes to the heart of governing... Well, it does go to the heart of governing the country, but does it not feel like this particular Prime Minister or perhaps this particular regime of Liberals can't handle the big story. Like, it just seems like these stories get out of hand and get away from them so quickly. And to to allow the former Attorney General to speak, to lift that privilege, and to not expect that this is what she was going to say... Yeah, I, I'm I'm still trying to figure that one out. But and we know that that um, privilege has not been lifted from her time as Veterans Affairs Minister until yesterday, right? right. That has not been lifted. And it sounds like there's still more uh, that she has to say. I know, and it sounds... Exactly. It sounds like a small point, but it's actually a major point. Mm-hmm. So she's not able to answer any questions beyond the time in which she was the Attorney General. Mm-hmm. So it would have been after that time that she would have, I would assume talk to the Prime Minister, talk to members of his office to say that I think you demoted me because of this. Well, she, no, that was, she, they had that conversation. Right. But the and de- they denied it. Right. The details of those conversations can't be made public if she's not able to have that yeah. privilege lifted. They're, they're sticking to the story today that uh, had the uh, the other uh, Veterans Affairs or the other person not, uh, Scott Bryson, had he yeah. not uh, moved on to another job, then there wouldn't have been a cabinet shuffle. Right, right. That's what they're sticking to I, I, today. Uh, yeah, okay. So who do you believe? Well, you know what? Uh, today, at an announcement talking about space exploration and how Canada's going to get involved with that, about Canada going to the moon. <laughs> it sounded so weird. Can I just say this? Last night, when he came out to speak, he came, the Prime Minister, 
uh, first off, you know, holding the hand of his daughter, bringing his daughter out, and then having his new MP standing bes- behind him, uh, doing some, you know, introduction, that sort of stuff. He came across as a smart Alec. He came across. Sorry, I had to change that. Uh, he, wow. he I, I thought he came across as um, insolent, uh, uh, as talking down. I, I think that it he would have been best served to not speak last night. I agree. I again, yes, you have to question about who's advising him. You know, Butts is out of the office now. Telford's still there. Who advised him to speak last night? And then categorically denying what she said and then going on to say that he had not listened to all, to all of it. Yeah, it's interesting because yesterday at the end of our show, we ended early. Uh, I sort of blurted out, but I'll repeat it, that the prime minister of this country, uh, regardless of who that prime minister is, is not an emperor. Mm -hmm. They're not all powerful, and they don't have the ability to simply uh, circumvent the law. But him appearing last night and appearing with his daughter and... It just, yeah. It was like the emperor without clothes Mm. is what it looked like. I don't understand why he did it. And And at the time, I was watching it and said to my wife, Look at this. Imagine if Sid called me into the mm. office because I'd done something terribly wrong, and I brought my daughter. Yeah. Hey, Maddie, come with me. Just hold <laughs> yeah. my hand while yeah. we do it, okay? And, uh, let's tell her about. Uh, let's tell Sid about uh, what you're doing with eyelashes. <laughs> like what? The, what? Uh, today he was asked who um, people should believe in the case. Well, you can probably guess uh, it was a roundabout answer. My point, as I just said, uh, is that there is. Uh, an ethics commissioner and a justice committee that are tasked with looking into this matter. And the ethics commissioner is an agent of parliament uh, whose job it is to determine um, you know, what is exactly happening when there are disagreements uh, amongst elected officials or political parties. And I have full confidence uh, in that process. But once again, as I've said, Canadians expect their government to look for ways to protect jobs, to grow the economy. And that's exactly what we've done every step of the way. We've also done it in a way that has respected our laws and respected the independence of the judiciary. Of that, there actually is uh, no doubt. There are disagreements in perspective on this, but I can reassure Canadians that we are doing our job and we're doing it in a way that respects and defends our institutions. All right, there you go. That was the Prime Minister speaking uh, this morning. So there's a couple questions coming in here, and we'll we'll try to clarify them for you once again. So this is Gamer Brian. He says, hey, guys, I'm confused on something. If there was discussion about job losses and possible pension losses, also about an election uh, coming and the implications of what may or may not happen, what does that have to do with the Minister of Justice? The Minister of Justice has nothing to do with economics of individual company or country. So, and it, and it goes on. So, so this is why that was brought up. Yeah. So in a, sorry, my mic wasn't on. In a nutshell, this is it. Um, because you know, and I and I get that it's it's convoluted and complicated. But I'll dummy it down for all for all of us, myself included. You have a company, uh, NC, uh, NSC. Lab. SNC. Yeah, SNC. They're an engineering company based in Quebec. They employ a lot of people. They do a lot of like contract 9, work. Nine thousand people. Right. They do a lot of contract work internationally, but also in Canada, all right? So they employ a ton of Quebecers. Now, they've been caught, or it's suspected that they've been caught, um, 
with criminal activity in bribing officials in Libya in order to get international contracts. Now, this goes back years ago, mm-hmm. but it's taken a while to investigate. Now we're at the point of uh, pressing charges against them and, and uh, prosecuting them for that. If found guilty of this, they would be excluded from bidding on all government contracts in Canada, um, which would result in them moving their uh, head office to probably England or somewhere else, mm-hmm. and thus all those jobs would be lost in Quebec. Yeah. So nine or 10,000 jobs lost in Quebec if they're found criminally guilty. Now, I don't know that they will or that they won't, but if they are, there's a 10-year ban. So that's 10 years that they can't operate in Canada. Obviously, they're not going to sit idle for 10 years. They're going to move. I- now... Uh, sorry, you go ahead. I was just going to say, and what the former justice minister is saying is that she had been pressured inappropriately to arrange a remediation agreement that would have headed off prosecution. Right. Now, here's the thing. Um, that would have, they would have paid a fine. Right. But would have been allowed to still... Um, uh, bid on contracts in Canada. It's like a plea bargain. That's right. Right. So but they'd be she saying. said no. No. Right. So based on the advice of those individuals yeah. in charge of this sort of thing and their investigation, they determined that it was an egregious enough mm-hmm. uh, act that it should be criminally yeah. prosecuted. So the alternative would have been this PDA. Or PDA is that what they call it? Or DPA. P- DPA, um, which would have caused them not agreement. to. Uh, admit full guilt, but pay a fine instead, a hefty one, which would go into the coffers of the Canadian government, by the way. So you would protect these nine or 10,000 jobs. Uh, Lavalin would stay in Canada and they would continue to bid on projects and the government would have paid a fine. And then it's all behind them. But that... I have to tell you, that is relatively new legislation. Brought in by the Liberals. No, brought in by the Conservatives. Oh, was it brought in? Okay. Yes, it was brought in by the previous Conservatives, but never used Mm. before. So I don't know what their motivation was in bringing it in, but it's never been tried Mm. before, and here it was, and it might... So it's hard to say whether it fits the criteria or doesn't fit the criteria because it's not been tried before. But the fact is, and the question is, and what um, the former Justice Minister testified yesterday to was that the pressure about the election, about SNC-Lavalin leaving to go to Europe were used in trying to pressure her to change right, her mind. Right. So, you know, now that becomes the question um, as to whether or not the acts of the Prime Minister, the Prime Minister's office, or people working on behalf of the Prime Minister, if those acts fit the, the definition of criminal or unlawful. Uh, and then, you know, unethical is another question. But if they prove to fit or meet the criteria for a criminal, that would mean that the RCMP could actually investigate and lay a charge against the Prime Minister. So that's where we're at with this. Where we're at with this right now is a break. Uh, we'll be back. Stick around. We've been busily researching this because you and I disagreed as to who brought it in. So it was the Liberals who brought in the legislation regarding the DPAs. I had thought that it was originally a conservative idea that did not get brought in, but was then subsequently brought in by the mm-hmm. Liberals. But I could be totally wrong on that. So Yeah, but it was, it was brought it was in the under the last yeah. uh, omnibus, uh, in, right. the, in the omnibus bill. So there you go. So yeah. interesting. There's so many layers to this. And you know what? Um, I, I do think, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are, are going to think that the Prime Minister should resign, that he certainly doesn't uh, 
we may be, you know, to use Shear's word, lack, he lacks the moral compass to continue to lead the country. What I want is, I, I would like to see an investigation done. I want to hear both sides. Right. I think in any case, anything you, you listen to both sides, whether you want to or, you, you know, one side makes you want to vomit in your mouth a little bit or not. But I think that that is important um, to hear both sides and to yeah. hear more from uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Because at this um, point, I, we have her testimony, right? We have her testimony. So to suggest that because it fits your narrative. And because, and let's be real, she was cool, calm, yes. collected. She had made notes. She was, right. that was about as good as you can get when it comes to a testimony. Yeah, absolutely. But it still comes down to who do you care mm-hmm. to believe. That's right. And the fact that Gerald Butts wants to appear, yeah. I, I don't expect that to be earth shattering because he was, he's a close advisor, was a close advisor to the Prime Minister, a close friend. He was Long-time his principal friend. secretary. Yeah. Um, and he's one of the ones accused of putting pressure on her. So I doubt very much he's going to testify that well. she's right. And 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 if they did nothing wrong, why did he resign? Again, let's go back to that. But here's here's the other part of this. I don't want it dragged out. I want it done now. Yeah, give me some answers. I want it done Agreed. now because these things can take forever. I would like to see it done um, and done to uh, everyone's best ability. Obviously, the six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.